Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Have you voted yet? By mail or in person? A lot of Utahns have already voted. So many of them by mail. Uh, I have yet to mail mine in, but I'm going to. Pro- I promise I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to sit down with my wife. She and I, we're going to talk about uh, the different the different candidates, the different initiatives, all the different choices we have to make on the ballot. We may even invite little baby Piper into the conversation. She's uh, she, She'll be, she'll be. oh my gosh, she'll be a year old on Monday. You don't care. Uh, let's talk about the rules. The other day, uh, I got a text message, and it was a very simple text message, but it kicked off uh, kind of an area of research for me, trying to get to the bottom of exactly what are the rules, what are the laws, where do they vary, is it state to state, is it county to county, are there federal election laws? I I got incredibly obsessed with election law, and it started with a very simple question uh, that came in via text message, 57500, if you want to weigh in. And the question was, hey, what is electioneering exactly, and uh, where is it prohibited? And so I went to Utah Code, and very simply, the definition of electioneering, according to Utah Code, includes any oral, printed, or written attempt to persuade persons to refrain from voting or to vote uh, for or against any candidate or issue. And then it defines a polling place, a companion definition here, meaning the physical place where ballots and absentee ballots are cast and includes the county clerk's office or city hall during the period in which absentee ballots may be cast there. Okay, uh, very good. And then it gets into the good stuff. What a person may not within a polling place do uh, within 150 feet of the building. They may not do any other electioneering. And you just heard the definition there. You can't circulate cards or handbills of any kind. You can't solicit signatures of any kind of petition. Or you can't engage in any practice that interferes with the freedom of voters to vote or disputes the administration or rather disrupts the administration of the polling place. Uh, KSL television investigative reporter Matt Gephardt has been following not only this issue uh, in practice, uh, but he's been looking at so much, including the way signatures are verified uh, and much, much more, all of it in lead up to uh, Election Day. And I am honored to be joined by Matt Gephardt. Now, Matt, how you doing? Happy almost birthday, Piper. Yeah, right. It's close. Thank you it's for caring. Close. Thank you for caring. <laughs> I do care. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you learned thus far in your in your investigations? Well, so yeah, we, we, like you said, we've done a number of these uh, sort of same as you. We're getting questions, and not necessarily in the the scandal world, but people kind of curious. Okay, what is this, and what can I do, and what can't I do? And with regards to electioneering, uh, what we we you know found the same as you, the law, and what that comes down to in layman's terms uh, is you can't. You're not even supposed to 
have a campaign sign. And by the way, that would include a button on your lapel. That would include a hat that says, make America great again. That would include a shirt that says, I support Joe or whatever. Uh, any, you know, wearing that stuff in to vote or even within 150 feet of the building where the voting is taking place is strictly prohibited by Utah law. But what I found when I basically just walked over to the Salt Lake County complex where voting is currently underway is lots of people were doing it. Um, everything from bumper stickers where people are dropping off their uh, their ballots into the little drop box there, well within probably 30 feet of the building, uh, to people actually walking right into the building and you know wearing wearing their lapel pins and their hats and their whatever else. So we took it to election officials in Salt Lake County who basically said, "Yeah, we know it's against the rules, but." You know, it's kind of easier just to get these people moved out, you know, let them vote, get them moved out quickly. That's kind of the stance we took. So then we started calling around to other county election officials throughout the state who basically said, you know, and what we learned was a lot of it's going to come down to how strictly the law is enforced is going to depend on where you live. Utah County told us more or less the same thing. They said, yeah, we'll maybe tell people they're not supposed to do it, but we don't want to create a scene. That's that's a quote. We don't want to create a scene. Uh, And so they kind of just you know, let people come through and vote as long as they're not being disruptive. Uh, other counties were far more strict. In Washington County, they said they're going to have signs all around the building saying you may not bring any of these things in, and anybody who tries is going to be turned away. Uh, in uh, Weber County, in Cache County, in Davis County, they said the same thing. If you walk in with a lapel pin, they're going to tell you to take it off. If you walk in with a hat, they're going to tell you to take it off. If you walk in with a shirt that says, I support Joe, you're going to have to put on a jacket or you're going to have to go to the bathroom and turn the shirt inside out. Fascinating. And, and the, the truth is, if you if you continue reading on down the code, you get past the definitions, you get past uh, the behaviors that are prohibited. Uh, point number six reads that any person who violates any provision of this section is guilty of a class A misdemeanor. Uh, anyone willing to take it that far? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. You know, I suppose if you went into one of these polling places and you started creating a disturbance and you started, you know, cursing and refusing to leave or whatever, then that would be the law. The the police would probably be called, right, if you're creating a disturbance. And I suppose that would be the law under which you were arrested uh, for for doing such things. But, no, uh, we didn't we didn't get any indication that people are actively looking to to throw anybody in jail over this. That's good. Uh, Okay. now, how about uh, safety in terms of health and masks and the different guidances that have been handed down from the various departments of health? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, too, because a lot of these elections take place inside of government facilities and in many counties, in most counties in the in the state of Utah, you are masks are required to walk into a, a county facility. But that one gets real tricky, uh, talking to lawyers for the county and talking to uh, also election officials who say basically you gotta really kind of err on the side of making sure the election is a free election. So if people walk in at Salt Lake County again, for example, I stood there and I watched a guy walk in and say, I'm not going to wear a mask. And they, they offered him one. He wasn't wearing a mask. They had a whole big stack of them there and said, here, sir, would you like a mask? And he said, no, I'm not wearing one. He didn't say why, uh, but, but he was allowed to proceed to vote anyway, even though in order to get to the voting machines, he had to walk past you know a half dozen signs that said face masks required. So that, that does seem to be one of those wishy-washy things where it's more you know Governor Herbert executive order based uh, and health officials saying you need to do these in these buildings. But at the same time, you know, there there's, could be some real hard legal ramifications if people have their vote stifled, especially if somebody has, you know, because of patient privacy laws, right. you know, you're not supposed to, as an as a election, as a, as a poll working volunteer, ask people, what is your medical condition that precludes you from wearing a mask? But 
there may be some. And so it, it, that, that gets real wishy-washy. How about this? What if they, what if someone were to go in now? And I, I know you don't actually have the answer to this. Someone goes into a voting uh, place in one of the counties where the electioneering uh, and the prohibitions of such are enforced, and they go in with a mask that's a MAGA mask. <laughs> what happens? The, what kind the of answer con- to that? What kind of conundrum is know, that? I do know the answer to that, and the answer to that is put it on inside out, please. Ooh, and also, and also, every poll worker. Every single election official that we spoke to said we're going to have a big stack, except for there was one county we spoke to where actually masks aren't required right now because they're – I know it's not color-coded anymore, but you know what I mean. Right. It's, it's the low zone. Yeah. Uh, they, we're going to have a big stack of masks available. So well. cover it up, put it inside out. That is electionary. Hey, uh, listen, we got about 30 seconds to go. Tell me about the KSL Vote Watch. Vote Watch. Is a, we're piggybacking on NBC, and it's a thing they do every year where we're basically saying, hey – if you see something at the polls that you want to investigate that it doesn't seem quite right, you know, if you see fraud, call election officials. But if you see something at the polls or if you're finding that your vote's not going through right or if you find yourself intimidated or whatever, you have an advocate in KSL. Let us know about it. Go to KSLTV.com. Uh, hit us up. And uh, you know, myself and my, my colleague, Brittany Glass, our entire duty on Election Day is to basically run around and shine a little spotlight on things people need some spotlight. People think spotlight should be shown upon. Cool. Matt Gephardt with KSL Television Investigative uh, Reporter Team. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for your work here. And always, thanks for the conversation. Thanks for the time, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, there was a press conference this morning delivered by Governor Gary Herbert, Dr. Angela Dunn, and many others. Uh, There were some important, important bits of information shared. I want to make sure that you get that. And I'll share it with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.